Listener Production. Hey everyone, it's Antoinette Latouf and welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. So you may not know this, but younger Australians are increasingly not donating blood. So young donors are the least likely to give blood on an ongoing basis. And this is posing a whole bunch of challenges relating to the stability of the nation's blood collection program. And while men and women under the age of 30 make up 40% of new blood donors, and that at first sounds pretty impressive, they have less than a one in two chance of returning again to donate within a year. And then on the flip side, older donors are giving an incredible amount of blood. More than half of the plasma collected each year in Australia mostly comes from older male donors who give up to 26 times a year. So why aren't young people donating more? Well, to kick this off, we're actually going to start off by chatting with a young fella who actually donates a lot, and that's Sam Ryan from Sydney. So his life was saved by 22 bags of donated blood when he was in a road accident at the age of 17. And as a result, he's become a prolific donor with a bonus of anti-D antibodies, which we're going to unpack in just a moment. Sam, thanks for joining the briefing. So you had a horrific accident when you were a teenager. Tell us what happened. Yeah, I was in regional New South Wales and I unfortunately crashed into a tree at 100 k's an hour, which, look, I don't think I need to tell you what that will do. But what it did mean for me was that I needed a lot of blood and, and blood products. And that's the only reason I'm alive is, is there's no questions there. In the first eight hours, I needed 22 units of blood and plasma. And in a couple of weeks after that, I had another 15. So that is a, a, a very significant amount. 22 units is well over the, the massive transfusion, you know, mark. And without that, I, would have, I, I wouldn't be here today. So you're obviously very grateful that people had donated that blood to enable you to access it and to survive. But there was another silver lining. There was. So... When I could start donating blood, which was a couple of years after my accident, I, I went and did, you know, I thought I had, a, you know, a bit of a, a debt to repay, I guess. I went back in and after a couple of donations, I got a phone call from, from Lifeblood and, and what they said was, look, you've got a really rare antibody that we use to make a product called Anti-D, which is given to, to pregnant women to prevent a really horrible disease called RH disease that can actually, you know, cause a lot of problems for, for the babies. There's 100 anti-D donors in Australia, but 17% of, of pregnancies require anti-D infusions. So that's, that's a whole lot of product that's needed and, and a very, very small number of donors, mm. active donors. So then how often do you give blood? I, I give plasma every two weeks and I give whole blood every three months. So, you know, a lot, a lot of people think you can only give blood every three months or half a year or something. You can't. You, you can give plasma, which is is used to make 18 different treatments every fortnight. Obviously, you feel and you have said it, you feel there's a debt to repay. How do we encourage other young people to give blood when they haven't had a horrific accident and 22 units of blood <laughs> transfused into their bodies within a few hours? Well, the thing is, only 2% of blood products are used for trauma. 34% are used for cancers. 19% are used for you know, uh, anemia and other autoimmune diseases. So the uses are far and wide. And, and what I can say is 
one in three Australians will need a blood transfusion or a blood product in their life. So it is all but guaranteed that you know somebody or you yourself will need a blood product in your life, but only one in 30 donates. And and what I think is, from my experience, before my, my accident, I didn't know about blood donation, which was probably a bit of bit of ignorance on my behalf. You know, I was 17, but it wasn't something I thought about. And and I do know now, you know, seeing it, that the lifeblood is 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 really pushing the message of, look, here's what it is. And and their their message is you are the lifeblood of Australia. So everyone can do this. It's easy. It's I won't say it's fun, but it's definitely not an inconvenience. And you can come out of that and, and go, I've actually done something really good. What's the sense you get from your mates or your colleagues who are your age who don't give blood? Do you have an understanding as to why? You know, some people are hesitant given the, the needles. That's, that's totally understandable. A few of them, like me, aren't aware. A few of them go, well, I don't have time for that or I've got tattoos or, you know, my lifestyle doesn't allow that. And, and say honestly that barely any of that is actually a barrier to donating. I personally, I donate at 6.30pm at night because that works for my schedule. Or there's a lot of donation centres that are open on weekends. They've recently changed the rules around tattoos. The, the barriers to entry are low. Lifeblood is doing a lot of really great work in terms of making it as accessible as possible. Now, I guess the focus is just ensuring that people are aware of it and go, here's, I'm going to do this. And once they've gone once, keep going because, you know, you can donate plasma. You can also donate blood. And, and what happens is the more you go, the more you find out about your blood. And that's my, when they, you know, told me that I had this rare antibody, it wasn't the first time, it wasn't the second time, it was the sixth time. So if I hadn't have gone those extra times, there would only be 99 anti-D donors in Australia. And I do know, 100%, there'd be so many more people with the same antibody who are perfectly capable, you know, in, in the sense that they are eligible to donate. If you don't go, you don't know that. You may have another really rare antibody or blood type that someone desperately needs and you don't know it. And the only way you can know is if you go. And if you go, you go again. That was Sam Ryan, who is now a very passionate blood and plasma donor, but of course, it took a, a tragedy and a near-death experience for him to understand the importance of giving blood and to help overcome some of those other barriers to donation. I'm joined by Dr. Kathleen Chell from Australian Red Cross Lifeblood to talk about what else is being done to encourage more people to give blood. Dr. Kathleen Chell, I just want to know how important is it to have the blood of young people? Because other age groups are donating. Like, is there a difference? when it comes to young people donating their blood and plasma? Uh, yes. Well, we all want all donors who are eligible, all people who are eligible to donate. But our young population is particularly important given that we have an ageing population and relying on our older donors just isn't sustainable. We know that if we get donors in when they're young, they're more likely to come back when they're older uh, but they're also least likely to donate on an ongoing basis. So knowing all of those sort of lifestyle factors and behaviour patterns among young people, what's being done to, to challenge that? Uh, so what we found some success in is our uh, TikTok channel type videos. So we're 
We found videos around the process of donating that kind of take you through the journey of what's involved. Uh, We also find that our younger donors are liking the True Colors campaign bandages. So this is where we've engaged local artists to design funky bandage designs. And we're also looking or exploring other options around loyalty reward program. And I think that finally, the thank you text message is really popular. So that tells you where your blood donation is being used and has also been shown to increase return of donors. So let's talk through some of the barriers to young people donating and also what's being done to counter them. Uh, So for our younger group, we know that we're quite good at attracting them. Around 40% of our new donors are under 30. They're attracted through various events, particularly on-campus challenges and blood drives, sporting team type blood drives, They seem to be quite successful in getting donors in the door for their first donation, but less than half of them come back. This could be for a number of reasons. It might be that whilst they're aware of the need for blood, but maybe there's little awareness of the ongoing need for blood and the need for regular donations. It could also be a life stage factor where our younger Donors are busy with work, studying, starting careers, socializing, moving out of home. You know, there's quite a lot of change happening. That might mean that blood donation isn't quite fitting within their routine or lack of routine that they don't have. There's another group that for a long time have been excluded in various ways from donating, and I know that's being reviewed. What are we up to in terms of the queer community in blood donations? Yes, so we're constantly reviewing our criteria. Uh, What we have so far is a direct-to-plasma pathway, which means that gay and bisexual men can donate plasma straight away, irrespective of sexual activity. What we're working on now is a pathway to whole blood donation, and we're currently reviewing the criteria to make that possible. And so when can we expect some of these new changes to come into effect? I don't quite have the details on that, but what I do know is that we have had applications submitted to the Therapeutic Goods Administration approved, um, but we're still waiting on approvals from the government uh, for that particular pathway. That was Dr. Kathleen Chell from Australian Red Cross Lifeblood. And I do have a little more detail about where things are up to for gay and bisexual men wanting to donate blood. So Australia's medical regulator, the TGA, has approved lifeblood submission, and that's to lift a ban on groups deemed higher risk, which includes gay and bisexual men from donating plasma. However, pharmaceutical company CSL, which manufactures blood and plasma products, wants upgraded testing to be introduced before it agrees to the rule change. But more broadly, and in particular for younger Aussies, yes, donor centres should be increasing their accessibility. Yes, they should be working on raising awareness. But we have a very big role to play too. Like we should get off our butts and donate blood. And I'm feeling really informed after chatting to these two. And also, I'm going to say, pretty guilty because I can't remember the last time I donated blood and I'm definitely going to change that. And if you want to as well and you want to donate blood or just find out more, head to lifeblood.com.au. That's all we have time for in this extra episode of The Briefing. Tom and the team, 
back tomorrow from six.